gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. I know we've had a bit of a lull for the last few weeks. You know, life has a way of uh, kind of getting in the way sometimes. Things get a little bit busy. I know definitely on my end and, and yours as well. But but how have you been lately, John? I've been doing pretty well. Uh, just trying to catch up here a little bit. And, um, you know, looking at the uh, baseball standings just now as we uh, <laughs> get our guest on board. And, uh, you know, you were mentioning before that we're all different uh, baseball fans here, but different uh, teams um, so I'll start with mine. I'm I'm a Tigers guy, even though you know I'm in Canada. I should be a, a Blue Jays fan by rights, but the Tigers are closer. So that's that's been my home team. Uh, unfortunately, it's not such a traitor great year. to your people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, hockey is Leafs all the way, of course, but you know, baseball is Tigers. Fair How about enough. you? Well, obviously, I'm I'm a Yankees guy, but but yeah. So we may as well loop Jeremy in on this too. Uh, you know, welcome to to Jeremy Rot to the show, who's from the the Minnesota Twins organization, who would be a, a direct rival to the Tigers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's our pleasure, and we'll try not to hold it against you too much, and, and keep <laughs> this fun and friendly. Yeah, if the episode <laughs> yes. cuts out suddenly for any reason, then all the listeners know that you know there was some offensive Tigers remark, and we just had to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, thanks so much for for joining us. Like I'm, I'm definitely really looking forward to to this, both you know from a technology standpoint and also just you know to nerd out on on baseball related stuff. I've been a huge baseball fan since I was a kid. Um, and just to sort of kick things off a little bit, like most people probably don't think of of sports teams as being technology companies or you know app developer companies. So you know, what does your team do over at the Twins? Uh, yeah, so I'm part of the baseball systems team. So what we're tasked with is to provide tools and research for the baseball department. Um, I think every team is growing their research and development teams quite a lot lately. They're finding that using technology is a great way to get a competitive advantage. And so you see it across baseball and even across sports in general that a lot of teams are starting to concentrate on the value that technology can bring. And so our team's goal is to service all the other areas of the baseball department, such as scouting or player development and all the decision makers to give them tools that can help them make better decisions faster and easier. And I'm guessing that given the competitive nature of, you know, the the different teams in, in the league itself, you're probably, you know, not seeing a lot of different like off the shelf solutions to help baseball teams do that, right? Like your your advantages for each team to be able to make your own awesome tool that the other teams don't have. So, you know, how how does that kind of play into how you how you guys decide what to make and how you work? Yeah, exactly. There are a few companies that provide off-the-shelf solutions for various aspects of the baseball department that we do use, but we find um, that we derive a tremendous amount of value when we start developing it ourselves. We can start adding in some uh, the research that we've done into it. We can really customize it to fit our users, our players, our coaches. The customizability when we have it in-house provides um, – provides an immense amount of value. So we try to do a lot of it in-house that we can for the competitive advantage. But there are tools out there that we do use to kind of um, supplement what we do in the in-house as well. So, you know, continuing down that that competitive advantage path, um, one of the you know, the things that, that kind of caught our attention to, to do this show is a case study that you just did with Xamarin. Um, and I'm wondering if that's sort of an 
abnormal thing to be that open and, you know, share sort of what you guys are doing? You know, are there any worries of, you know, other teams picking up ideas or, or trying to, to copycat your approach? Um, yeah, we talked a lot about that when we started getting involved. Um, you know, where could we lose a competitive advantage or not? But I think, well, what we talked about a lot in that blog post is what a lot of teams are going towards anyways right now. Um, every team has the same type of struggle where a lot of our baseball department is not in an office. There are scouts on the road, there are coaches in stadiums all across the U.S. Um, we have executives all over. And so we struggle with the um, trying to create a solution that will work for everybody everywhere. And so mobile is just kind of a logical solution. And we've noticed across baseball that more and more teams are developing mobile type solutions. We've seen some teams go to more of a responsive version of their baseball applications. Um, some are going native. Um, some are using desktop applications. So there's a, there's a quite a wide variety. Um, but we knew that we needed to get into mobile and we knew that that was an important piece for us. And so many of our users are spread across the U.S. and in fact, across the world right now. So that was a key part of what we wanted to do. But we didn't feel like we were giving up any competitive advantage by talking about it because it's something I think that every team, it's pretty obvious to every team that um, this is a direction that uh, that a lot of teams are going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm you know, personally, I'm super glad that you're you're able and willing to to talk about this stuff as well. So, so why don't we use that as a jumping off point to to talk about the app that that you guys just built? Like, what it, what is the app and what does it do? Yeah. So the first iteration of the app that we wanted to get out there was for our amateur scouts for this spring, and an amateur scout is one of our scouts that will be looking at high school and college players for the June draft that just happened a couple weeks ago. And so they spend a majority of their uh, springtime at various colleges and high schools around the country, scouting all the players and writing up reports and, and trying to figure out, you know, who do we want to draft in the spring? And so the struggle with that is that think about all the high schools and colleges across uh, the U.S., quite a lot of them and all the games and trying to track all the games and who's playing at all the games and all the players, it gets to be quite a lot. And that's something that's typically been done with a lot of text messages and emails, coordinating schedules, a lot of calls. And so we thought we could uh, help them this spring by uh, starting to come up with a mobile solution for them that would help coordinate all of the games and the schedules. So now with the application, we loaded in all the high school and college schedules. And now they can um, wherever they are, they can pull up and see where the games are in their area, um, what players are playing in which games, which you know top prospects are where and when are they playing. And along with that, it allows them to leave feedback and information on the various games, either past or present, and so that the other people on the app can be notified right away if there's a, you know, a certain pitcher pitching Friday night that we need to get to, you can post that out there and get notified, things like that. So it was just a way to curb a lot of the text message and emails and try to bring it into a central location so everybody knew um, everything that was going on as far as the games and the schedules. So do you guys like um, allow the app to sort of... Uh, uh... I guess, collaborate on, on notes and like observations and stuff like that too. Is that part of the whole approach? And like, how, how was that done before? You know, was it just somebody writing notes in a, in a notebook on paper and kind of sharing it uh, ad hoc before, or, or how does that change now? 
Yeah, a lot of times it's notebook and paper at the games. Um, then there's a lot of email afterwards to the various people who are you know, concerned with that area or that player, those types of things, sharing notes back and forth and email. So we're just trying to bring a lot more of it. I think like a lot of baseball teams are trying to bring a lot more of it um, together so that people can collaborate a lot more. Whenever we start bringing the information together into one spot, then more people can view it and more people can collaborate on it and we can gain additional insights from it from people who maybe didn't have access to that information before. So it just creates a better environment overall for information gathering. And that's really what we're trying to do is um, bring a lot of the data in-house. And so, you know, data is good, but really it's the insights that we're looking for. And so by bringing all the data together, we're hoping to start deriving insights by having more people be able to have eyes on it and analyze it and look at it and give us feedback. Yeah, absolutely. And I would imagine that, you know, if everything was being done sort of like peer to peer between people text messaging each other, then there's just a lot that probably has that gets lost by definition there or things that don't get logged in any sort of central location or even an email that multiple people would see. Yeah. So that's I could see that being very, very problematic for expanding a team or that sort of thing. Like how many scouts would you say are, are you know, out there doing this sort of thing that that can start collaborating now? Yeah, so typically teams have 50, 60 scouts out there across the U.S., and they're traveling every day. They're traveling to a few games here and there. So people are always on the road, new places. Um, they're not they're not always at a spot where Internet is available, so that was another reason why we needed to go mobile. You know, they're at games. We want to do as much, bring as much of the process to them at the game so they didn't have to spend as much time at the hotel that night doing things. So that was the other reason we wanted to go mobile. But there's just so many people out there running around that we needed a, a way to help coordinate them and give them tools to help them do their job uh, easier. Do, do you find that there's any resistance to the uptake of, of you know, going to the mobile or, or on, even on a computer, any kind of technology tool versus how you might have done it with like a pen and paper before? Um, overall, it's been extremely positive. Um, I guess the one thing that the uh, pen and paper is good for, a lot of people still like the pen and paper at the game. Just because when it gets really hot, uh, you know, your fingers are sweaty and things like that. And there's some interesting conditions out there when you're baking in the sun in, in South Florida um, in June. But overall, the, the, or the reception that we've gotten to the mobile app has been outstanding. Uh, it's cut down on some text messaging and email. And it's really helped us coordinate. And in fact, immediately we started getting feedback from all the scouts across the board on features that they would like. Um, to us to start building next. So we have a whole wide range of things coming up in the pipeline that we're pretty excited about and that wouldn't be possible if we didn't go mobile. And so we're pretty excited about this. Cool. And that's awesome. And I, I want to dig into all that. But before we do that, like, let's talk about the the tech stack that you went with. And obviously, being that you were just featured on the, the Xamarin blog, and, you know, Xamarin was was a part of this. But but I'm wondering, like, what, what made you go that route of, of doing Xamarin? And did you evaluate any other technologies along the way as well? Yeah, so my journey with mobile started maybe 15 years ago or so I was at a company and I, we were tasked with building mobile application a specific mobile application. And back then we were having to build it on things like the Palm Pilot, Windows CE. We're playing with all these different devices and having to really struggle to get anything of value built. It was 
not as much of a fun experience. Um, so I had that experience in the way back. But then at the last company I was at before I joined the Twins, we were tasked with building a mobile version of our application as well. And so we started out with a phone gap application. And we spent a little time building it out there. We had a decent prototype, but it just didn't feel native. You know, there was some sluggishness and we just couldn't get it as polished as we wanted it to be. And we decided uh, with the type of app that we we're developing and the requirements that it had that we needed to go mobile for some of the stuff. And so we had to scrap that. It was a good prototype. It really helped us define our requirements, but then we ended up having to build uh, an Objective-C and a Java app for the Android and the iOS. And we were a small team there. And so it was really difficult for us once we built the app to keep iterating on it because we also had our web application we had to maintain as well. And so it became a really difficult process to continue developing the mobile and build the features in there at the same time building the web out. We just didn't have a big enough team to support those, unfortunately. So when I came to the Twins and we knew that mobile was on the horizon, when we started uh, building this next-gen baseball system, we started out by building concentrating on the database and the API. And we, when we were building out the API, we had in mind that we needed to go mobile at some point. And so that was always part of our decisions when we were building it out. And I think that was extremely valuable so that uh, when it came time to start building the mobile over the last year, um, we had a solid API, we had a solid database that we could tap into. So that helped us out a lot. But when it came to figuring out the tech stack for how we wanted to build the mobile, we did look at a few things. We looked at um, Ionic, we're Angular, we looked at Reactive Native, React Native, um, we looked at just going native with uh, Swift and Java, and then we also looked at Xamarin. And one of the reasons we started going forward with Xamarin more was because it utilizes the C-sharp skills that we already have. So here at the Twins, um, we do all of our web development. Our API is written in ASP.NET Core. So we have a lot of C-sharp experience already. So that just uh, lowered that barrier of having to learn Swift or, or have some of the other teammates get uh, brought up on Java. And so that was one driving factor. And then we really liked the fact that we could compile down to native because of our experience in the past with, um, with PhoneGap and Cordova. We knew it was, a, it was a good product, but where we wanted to take this mobile app, we, we didn't want to have any limits or ceiling. We wanted to have the highest ceiling possible. And we felt that going native gave us that. And so by going Xamarin, we got the benefits of going native and we got the benefits of utilizing our C-sharp code already. And then on top of that, the icing on the cake is when we started playing with Xamarin Forms. And um, our app be, being an internal app, uh, we, there was less that we needed to do on customizing the user interface to try to draw people in. We already had our crowd of, of users that we knew we had to have. And so we could really stick to some of the patterns and the UI that Xamarin Forms provides us. And so we were able to share most of our code across both code bases. So having one code base, because we have a small team here, so one code base, C-sharp, and native um, was kind of the trifecta of awesomeness that ended up working out pretty well for us. I'm kind of curious, like you touched on this uh, in a few different points, one with saying your past job or the past thing that you had worked on, you know, PhoneGap didn't quite feel right. And that, you know, this app being internal, Xamarin Forms was kind of a, a good approach for you. So like, you know, how was that a big part of the process to that sort of business value proposition of it's an internal app so maybe it doesn't have to be an amazing user experience or like how did you approach that subject because i think this it's an interesting one to a lot of enterprise developers um finding you know what's the the best approach for for value in terms of what you can give your your customers who are your internal users and the perception that maybe 
they don't really need to have as good of an experience in their apps. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, case to work through because because it's an internal enterprise application. We didn't need, I don't think, like the shiniest UI, but we did need it to be really responsive because we're trying to convince the scouts and the coaches and others who are used to pen and paper and email and it just works. We want them to trust our application. The data that they're putting into it is highly sensitive. It's They feel like it's their data that um, they have control over it and we need to earn that trust. And so it was really important to create an application that at least felt um, like the other applications they're used to on their phones, their email and their Twitter and all their other applications that they have on their phone. We need to just have something that was at least as responsive and 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 felt um, pr- polished so that we could earn their trust to put their information and to continue using it. We know a lot of times that if our apps, even our other legacy apps, when they become laggy and not as performant, they'll quickly jump back to pen and paper. And so we need to build something that's at least performant. It might not have to be the shiniest looking thing to try to draw in fan, try to draw in users because we have the users, but we did need to create something that was performant. Along with that, we knew we were going to go with a lot of um, video capture and GPS and a lot of things that just felt like we could have a better experience for us, for our scouts and our users if we went native. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that you had a, a small team and you were evaluating all the these different options then. So I'm curious if the the team that you had outside of the experience that you were mentioning before at, at prior companies, um, you know, did the team have any prior mobile experience, say with native iOS or native Android, or were, were they really new to this whole kind of mobile world other than having this you know, head start with knowing C Sharp on the Xamarin platform? Yeah, so I had experience with PhoneGap and that type of uh, Cordova, that type of stack. We have another developer here who had experience doing Android native, so a lot of Java stuff. And then we uh, have another developer that was uh, used to the React native world. And so we actually didn't have anybody with the Xamarin experience offhand, but we had a lot of C-sharp experience between us. Um, But that's kind of the experience we brought to the table initially, and we used that experience to help evaluate all the different solutions. Do you find that um, like specific members of your team focus on the specific platforms? Like even though it's, you know, Xamarin is cross-platform, but you still have to have some obviously platform-specific knowledge. Do you find like your Android guy is kind of the the Xamarin Android guy? And do you focus specifically like that? Or does everyone kind of share the load? Um, Right now we have one guy uh, we just brought in to kind of spearhead the mobile and take it over a little bit more, which has been nice. Ever since we released this app, it got... Um, huge praise from um, upper management. And so we were able to bring in a developer who's kind of spearheading right now the Xamarin effort, which is really nice. So he's uh, kind of taking over you know, both the iOS and the Android side of Xamarin right now. Um, typically, I help out more on the iOS. And then, yeah, the Android guy um, who has experience with Android, he helps out a little bit on the Android side as well. So we, we chip in where we are best able to. And we have a guy now who's kind of spearheading it, which is really nice. Awesome. So, so to given that you started with Xamarin Forms going down the this road, I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about how you found the the learning curve of kind of taking your C sharp skills and you know diving headfirst into the you know this Xamarin Forms abstraction then over iOS and Android. Like, how long did it take your team to get kind of up to speed and productive and and develop the initial version of this? Sure. Yeah. So the kind of timeline that we went through is um, I started down the road uh, last fall. And I had C-sharp experience, but I never had really WPF experience or XAML experience. And so that's obviously a big part of Xamarin Forms. 
And so that was all kind of new to me. I had to learn that type of thing. I've mostly been a web programmer for the last 10 years or so. And so that was kind of a new experience for me. I started playing with some Hello World apps and such with Xamarin Forms. But I think what was really key is last winter, I took the Xamarin University course and went through that, the certification course. And so we did that and I became a lot more comfortable with it. Um, I spent maybe a few weeks doing the Xamarin University courses. And then after that, I felt pretty comfortable. And I think Part of the way that I learn is just diving in and just getting dirty with it. And so that's just what I did. And it took a few, you know, a few weeks to get it down. And we're still constantly learning. We're finding new controls and new ways of doing things, which is good. Um, it seemed like in Xamarin, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. So we, you know, we keep experimenting with different ways on which is more performant and things like that. But, you know, we can get, we got up and running pretty quick. And the guy who's just joined us now, he's been going through some more Xamarin stuff too. And he's picked it up really fast within a couple of weeks. He's kind of cruising now on stuff. So it was actually not too difficult to get going. I thought Xamarin University provided a good base though for us to kind of have a common understanding of how it all worked. Do you want to build your Xamarin Forms apps faster and with less bugs? Or maybe you keep on getting stunned by the same old issues in Xamarin Android development. Now you can with mFractor for Visual Studio Mac. mFractor makes Xamarin app development in Visual Studio Mac much easier. Use the Xamarin Forms code analysis and generation tools to make working with XAML a breeze. And take the sting out of Android development with resource IntelliSense or mobile-specific C-sharp code analyzers. mFractor will free up time for you to write the core app code that actually makes your business money. You can get started with mFractor today by visiting www.mFractor.com and downloading it now. So you mentioned, obviously, you're using Xamarin Forms. Um, do you find that that's like, you know, most of your code and mo where most of your code sharing comes from? Or do you find now that you're, you're, the app is kind of out there and you're iterating on it that you're replacing bits with more, you know, specific to the, the native platform uh, implementations of things? Can you talk a little bit about like just the overall code sharing of it too? Yeah. So we're sharing a large majority of our code. And, and Xamarin Forms has so far proved to continue to um, be sufficient for, for what we need. We haven't had to do a whole lot of native specific things. We have some renderers and some custom controls, a few here and there. But in general, Xamarin Forms has been able to hold up for what we've needed to do. Um, now, as we start getting into some more advanced things that we're looking at doing this uh, summer and fall, we might be doing some more native-ish things. But the nice thing is that it's still C-sharp and we're still able to share a lot of the common business logic, which I think was key. A lot of our models and the business logic is being shared across. So even as some of the more native controls are going to be developed, I think, in the future, uh, we're still sharing quite a bit of code. But so far, Xamarin Forms has held up just great for, for our needs. So are you uh, able to share some of your code with like the backend services too? You mentioned those were in .NET as well. Yep. Yep, we're starting to share some of our uh, like our model objects, our DTOs that we transfer back and forth between the API and down. We can start sharing some of that. So we're kind of creating this shared core library now that can be shared between our projects, which we find extremely valuable. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's the the promise of Xamarin Forms. Sounds like it's actually really working out for you. So that's really cool to hear. Um, like, so what what targets or what platforms are you actually targeting for the application? Then is it just iOS and Android, or, or are you going beyond that? Uh, it's just iOS and Android. So our, our personnel can bring their own phones. And so that's the other reason we needed to go cross-platform because we had a significant amount of users using both iOS and Android. We are limiting it to kind of the last two years you know, of phones, so relatively new phones. Um, but it's just iOS and Android last couple versions is what we're targeting right now. 
Cool. Is there any sort of web version available as well, or is it just uh, the mobile, the actual native applications that you offer? Yeah, so we started with a web application. So we've been building that for quite a while now. We have a pretty extensive web application that our business or our, that our baseball department uses for most things. And so it's from that that this mobile application has kind of been birthed. So we built the API. We built the web application on top of that. That was a great opportunity to test out the API and really allow the users to start defining what features they needed and how they wanted it structured. And now we're taking that and we're taking the features that they most need on the road and putting those into the mobile application. There's also some additional features that we're putting in the mobile application that just weren't uh, available or didn't make sense in the web application. Some of the like really cool stuff is being able to capture video and stuff at different games. Because if you think about it, you got scouts, dozens and dozens of scouts at games everywhere. And currently you're, you just write up a little bit on you know certain players that were at the game but everything's text but now if you can start capturing what you see in video and be able to share that instantly to the other scouts and supervisors and stuff all over the country it creates an immense amount of value and those are the types of things that wouldn't make sense obviously in a web application and can only be done really from a mobile uh, environment from a game and so that's been kind of a cool uh, experience of starting to branch out from just taking features from our web and putting them in mobile. But now we're actually starting to create mobile centric features that are really starting to drive it home. So the, the web version, like you're still, that's, that's kind of the uh, active product. You're still maintaining that obviously, and, and kind of bridging stuff to mobile as well then, right? Yeah, the, the web application is still kind of the mothership and the, the mobile provides this auxiliary benefits um, since so many of our people are out at games all the time, we're trying to build game-centric features into that to kind of augment what we have on the web. Cool. So uh, you mentioned before, uh, a while before in the conversation that, you know, offline is is something that you probably have to deal with scouts on the road. Um, what are you using technology-wise to approach uh, solving that issue in mobile? Yeah, we were, uh, we were playing around with the Azure mobile services, I believe it was called. And that had some nice libraries that synced up from the SQL light table on the mobile device right up to Azure. And so we were using that, um, playing around with that for a few of the offline stuff that we're looking at doing. But now we're experimenting with actually um, just tying it right to our API and kind of building the offline stuff ourselves. There's only a few things that we really need to be offlineable. And so we're looking at possibly just using our API to do that and building some of that by hand. But the Azure mobile services were really slick how it just ties into your SQLite and syncs things up and down. But then from that database up in Azure, we had to kind of sync to ours and it creates a little bit of a pain there um, that we think we can just solve if we just do it ourselves as well. So we're looking at that. Cool. Like, are there any other interesting uh, technologies or libraries that you found using in the app or were you able to kind of get by with just what's in the tin? You know, we've actually gotten by with basically what Xamarin's providing us. It's been quite remarkable and really nice that we've had that we've had the opportunity just to use what they have given us and it's worked really well for us so far between xamarin and azure um it's been pretty slick how everything's kind of built in and works out of the box cool and then what about let's talk about the the kind of devopsy type side of this and you know distribution side like how are you actually distributing this app to the scouts is it internal internal distribution or app store or what yeah so we use airwatch as our mdm to distribute uh the app out to all of our users and so we manage that through there 
Uh, we are also using Visual Studio uh, Mobile Center as well as kind of our testing bed. So we will load the app up in there and we have some beta testers that we push the app out through that. And we use the crash and the analytics through that as well to track all of those things coming in. Um, and as far as the other DevOps, we are currently building it locally on our boxes and pushing it out, but we're looking at um, using uh, Visual Studio Team Services and Mobile Center to actually do the builds as well. That's what we do on our website. We have everything automated, the builds and the deploys and our whole DevOps is all automated through TFS right now. And so we're looking at trying to automate a lot of our mobile stuff as well. We just haven't gotten to that point yet, but that's on our to-do list is to automate the DevOps even more than what it is right now. And I don't think, thinking back to, to our previous episodes, I'm not sure we've ever actually dug into the MDM side of things. So could you give kind of, like for anyone who's kind of unfamiliar with, with MDM or what it is or, or how it kind of works or how you use it, could you give kind of an intro to that? Yeah, well, as much as I know, what's nice about here is we have an awesome infrastructure team that's really helped us set that up and get that going for us. And, but it's, it's a, and the MDM is a solution that we use that allows you to basically have your own private app store. And so we use AirWatch to manage it. And it's not only an app store, but it also allows you to do mobile provisioning. Uh, we can push email out through that as well. So everybody in the company that, that wants email on their phone, we can get them set up through the MDM and then send the email out through that so we can control that. We can put apps up on there, like I said, and have certain groups get certain applications. So as we start developing more internal applications, even outside of the baseball department, we can manage which users have which apps and we can push updates to them. So you don't have to wait for the Apple App Store to um, push out an update for you. Because our app, we obviously don't want our baseball app to be publicly out there in an app store for every team to download and play with. And so the MDM grants us kind of this enterprise uh, in-house app store that we can use to manage all of our mobile devices that our people have and that we can push things to. So it's really slick solutions actually worked really well in our infrastructure team. Like I said, has done a great job of setting that up and, and really kind of managing the users on that. And so I'd imagine for iOS that requires, you know, an, uh, enterprise, uh, developer profile, you know, that whole setup. Yep. Yep. We had to go through Apple to get the enterprise developer certificates and, and account and all that kind of stuff. So we have that account. We have all the certificates. So you have to go through that same process still. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't too bad. It was a pretty easy, painless process. Uh, Greg, I think you probably better ask something about testing now. This is the part of the show. <laughs> well, with an intro like that, I have to. Um, so yeah, I, you mentioned using Mobile Center. So are you taking advantage of any of the like the test cloud features in there or, or any of that? Unfortunately, we haven't done a lot with test cloud. We have the account and we just started playing with it. And that's on our to-do list in the near future now is to start getting everything hooked up through test cloud as well. So we want to do test cloud, get our DevOps automated, kind of all that nitty gritty um, backend stuff that you sometimes forget about when you start trying to just develop features, but then you quickly realize how critical it is when the bugs start rolling in. We're kind of to that point now. So we need to spend some time and really start flushing out that whole process so that we can automate it and build better builds every time. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Cool. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun when you can get, or to me, like I've been talking about it for a while, so I'm, I'm a little biased, but uh, I, I find that stuff to be a lot of fun too. Yeah. Yep. It is. We just needed to, we, we, now that we've proven the app and proven the idea and everybody's bought in, now we need to really um, 
make it production worthy, I guess I would say by flushing it out using the tools like Test Cloud. And we've played with it a little bit. Test Cloud is a pretty awesome tool. So we're excited to really dive into it and utilize everything that that has. Cool. And then going back a little bit to the the kind of distribution and MDM solution that you were talking about, like how does that play into authentication then for the apps? Do you have some sort of centralized authentication that's shared between, say, your your AirWatch distribution and what they log into your app with? Or how does that all play together? Yeah. So the AirWatch MDM distribution, we have all of our users loaded up into there. So we had to create a sync from our Active Directory into there as well so that um, we could share some of those credentials. Um, so that's just for our users' phone to be kind of authenticated into our MDM so they have access to this private app store. But then to have actual access into our uh, baseball application, we do all of our authentication through Azure AD. So we also think, sync our AD up to there as well so that all of our authentication, whether it's on our web application or our mobile application or any other applications we do internal here, um, are all running through the AD, either through Azure or through AirWatch, um, depending on what you're trying to authenticate. So, yeah. Cool. And I think Azure AD is also something that we haven't really discussed on this show. Mm -hmm. So so similarly, like, could you talk like, what's the experience like of integrating Azure Active Directory then into a mobile application? Um, integrating into the mobile application was really slick. It there's already a library out there that really does everything for you. You just have to enter your you know, client ID and some of your OAuth stuff, but it but it was pretty slick. So we got we've been using a Active Directory here like most uh, major league teams do and most companies do. And so we had Active Directory, but it's all on-premise, of course. And so we needed a way so that you could log in mobile and web. And so about a year ago, we started um, moving more and more into the cloud. And that's where we've now synced it up to Azure. Um, it was pretty slick to get it look, working on the mobile. Like I said, there was just a library we had to install. And we used the same type of configuration we did on the web. We basically could copy that over to the mobile side, and it worked just as well there. So it was very seamless to do. I'd highly recommend it for kind of an internal uh, authentication solution. Now, as you continue uh, building out these apps, what's the most interesting feature that you're going to be implementing that was requested from all of those scouts that you said were sending in new ideas? <laughs> um, well, let me see the features that we can talk about. There's, yeah, a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of cool features that they want to have that we're exploring. Um, I mean, there's some of the some of the basic stuff that I think will really help them out is being able to just do a lot of their reporting. Um, on the road, do more of their reporting on the different players that they're seeing in the game, add more information on that while they're there. I, th I think video can play a larger role in what we're doing as well. I think we can start doing some analysis on the video. Um, we started looking at Azure for more than just um, more than just authentication. There's a lot of machine learning and Azure Batch and stuff. We're, we're using Azure Media Services now to, to store the videos. And I think there's some analysis and some fun stuff we can do with that as well. Um, so we're exploring some really cool features right now, but I think there's a lot of stuff with Azure cloud computing and cognitive services that we're starting to play with, um, that I think can add some significant benefits to this. I, I don't know what, you know, the, the data sources for all of the stats for all of these, you know, colleges and high schools and stuff are, but I, I'd imagine if they're fairly, um, you know, full of different data, you could start to imagine some interesting machine learning uh, possibilities. Yes, yes, there definitely is, I will say. <laughs> and yes, we've definitely explored that a lot, and it's it's pretty cool what you can do. 
Nice. Yeah, you can start doing the the scouting for the scouts then if you just <laughs> yeah. uh, machine learn all the things, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's some things, though, that you, I mean, you have to have the human element. And that's the thing is even as you get into more and more machine learning, a lot of the data that you're doing it comes from the scouts. It comes from the people at the games. I mean, they're just critical. And so what we're just trying to do is enable them to capture as much data, as much um, information as they can so that we back here can also do our job by um, running some machine learning on it or whatever it might be but really it starts with our scouts it starts with our people on the field and that's who we're trying to enable to do the best job and and the best that they can do absolutely and in terms of the the, the notes and stuff that they're taking kind of on pen and paper are, are scouts are your scouts still using kind of that old school you know baseball score sheet type annotation stuff like is that would you ever integrate that sort of thing into your app or is that sort of gone by the wayside now um, I'd say some do. A lot of them are just doing a lot of notes, writing numbers, a lot of shorthand scribbled on paper. They, a lot of scouts will come up with their own types of cards that they use to capture this types of information that they're looking at at the games. Um, there's a wide variety from scouts, you know, from various eras that are using different types of tools that they, they found to be successful for them. So what we're trying to do is is figure out what all those different types of medium that they're using and figure out a way that we can make sure we're capturing everything that we need to um, make it easier for them to capture it. And so that we can have it in one spot so we can synthesize it. But yeah, it's been kind of tricky because typically, you know, scouts have have their own ways of doing things. But so far, it's been pretty receptive on what and what we're doing. Cool. Yeah, I can imagine some sort of like tablet, Apple Pencil type application where you could even just directly take handwritten notes or shorthand into the app or, you know, there's a lot of cool directions you can go with, I'd imagine. Yeah, we started talking about doing the Apple Pencil or the Microsoft Pen, things like that, because a lot of them are used to pen and paper. That's kind of where it's always been for all baseball teams. And so if we can meet them kind of where they're at in the interfaces that they're used to, I think that provides a tremendous amount of value. So we've looked at doing some handwriting stuff, see if that works at the games. Um, we've even talked about doing some voice, although voice I don't think works as well at games because you really don't want the other scouts next year <laughs> to realize what you're <laughs> thinking about it, guys. So that is not always the right solution. But we're trying to take all these different mediums that are that are available now on mobile, which is incredible what's happened last even couple years with pen, pencil, voice, cognitive services, trying to figure out the best combination of those things so we can really meet the scouts where they are the, with the methods that they're currently using. We don't want to have to have them totally change the way they're doing scouting or change the way they're collecting information because it's been really great. We just want to make sure that we're bringing that, um, that none of that information is lost. Right. And, you know, maybe it's maybe it's too early. And, you know, this is kind of your first foray into the, the mobile app thing within the, the twins organization. But if there are any conversations around sort of taking this approach and extending it to, to other types of operations within the twins? Um, yeah, we actually have talked a little bit about that now that this has been successful. Um, for instance, here at the twins, we have um, we our stadium is built really uniquely where we don't really have a museum or um, a spot for the fans to go see all of the um, the archive of all of the like baseballs and jerseys and stuff we do. What they do is really cool here at the stadium at Target Field. They actually the whole stadium is almost a museum. As you walk around the stadium, there's artifacts and and old time things all over the place that you can read up upon. And so what we've started doing is is um, document or putting all that stuff into a database and building an API around it. And what uh, one idea that we're playing around with is, you know, a fan on a mobile device could do almost a virtual tour tapping into that API as they walk around the stadium. And so it's little ideas like that. Now that this is becoming successful, that we're starting to think about other ways that we can maybe do fan engagement 
um, provide other just internal departments here with mobile. I think there's a lot of possibilities now. That's awesome. So, so that was, that was a lot of awesome stuff. Is there anything in particular that we missed that we should make sure to cover before kind of wrapping up here? I think we covered most everything. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jeremy, for, for chatting today. Um, you know, I'll get one last go Yankees in, but it's, but it's, but it's cool to see, you know, as long as the, you know, the twins aren't playing the Yankees, I'll, I'll root for what you guys are doing. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much guys. That was a pleasure to talk with you guys today. Yeah, likewise. And thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.